0: gm
1: vm it's monday and we're all here it's october 2nd this is vmgm and we're the editors of vagabond magazine we're here with a great shiny issue for you guys it's amazing it's beautiful it's everything that we all hoped it would be and We're joined by our cover model, our friend Emily Lazar is here. We're going to bring her up on the stage as well. Cryptoversal Books is coming up. We've got Riona Morgan, E.R. Donaldson, Indefatigable, Quanta, myself, C.D. Domitio. We're all here and we're going to be joined by others. So let's get things going. How are you guys today?
2: GMGM. GM. This is Rihanna Morgan and I'm so happy to be here with all of you and sending out a very special welcome to our featured guest Emily. Thank you so much for coming. I can't wait to hear everything that's going on.
0: Same here. This is definitely the highlight of my week right now. So, uh thank you everybody and special thanks to Emily for joining us. Looking forward to the conversation.
3: Good morning, good evening, all you beautiful people here. Um, It's such a wonderful start to a new week, and it's so lovely to have our um, featured guest here, Emily, join us. Welcome to the show.
4: (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I get hyped <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome everybody I'm so happy to be here too and Welcome Emily Oh man, this is a fly, fly issue It's so good uh, Anyway, I'm gonna shut up I'm so happy to be here
5: <laughs> Happy October everyone It's it's awesome the, the magazine is amazing as always And I'm looking forward to the discussion
1: Well hey, while we're here Let's start out with a little bit of September morning. Uh, we put this on the, uh, the Vagabond Magazine Vibes playlist, by the way. So Spotify, if you listen to that, you'll find it uh, also. So let's start out with this. Everybody go, invite your friends, invite your family, invite everybody to the space. But let's listen to a little bit and start this Monday off with a bit of unholy. man oh man what a way to start a monday unbelievable i was gonna go through the whole track but i know you guys are ready to get started now look i say vm gm but we should also say sm gm VM because september morning emily lazar's band that's what we're just listening to and so sm VM gm uh, all the m's all the people all the g's to all the people but you know i'm a fan of emily and i think all of you are but i know who's a bigger fan than i am and that's er donaldson uh this is like your style of music this is like you're you're here for it right er
0: oh yeah no cleared my schedule uh no and that's emily this is uh such an honor you know when when i uh I heard you were going to be in the issue here. First thing I did was uh, pull, pull you up on my streaming app, listen to uh, Volume 2, 3, and 4, the new one you had out and bought Volume 1 um, online and hard copy for my comic book shelf. So seriously, uh, such, a, such a fan here. Love what you're doing. It. Uh, can't wait to hit, have you uh, tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Now, uh, I should point out that Emily is on tour. She's flying. She's traveling. She woke up early to join us here, so I think she's going to come in when she can and join us if you guys have some questions. But for the moment, let's just dive into the issue. This is our October-November 2023 issue. It's available on Rarible, available on OpenSea. You can buy it on Object. Uh, You can buy it on Kindle if you want to buy it there. And it's available for you. First of all, the cover is... Well, it's Emily, so it's a beautiful cover. Uh we're super stoked to have her as our, our cover model. But let's go ahead and open up the issue and start looking at what we got here. So the first thing that we have is our bmb playlist on Spotify. There's a QR code that'll take you to that. Now, our friend that put that together, Quanta, can you tell us a little bit about hey Emily, you're here with us. Awesome.
6: Yeah, I have like I have like five minutes because I'm in the studio today recording, but like we're taking a break. So I thought I'd jump up on stage and say hi to everyone. Thank you for having me on the cover. I love the magazine. It's amazing. I think we sold an issue already. So that's pretty cool.
1: We barely launched. Uh, So can you tell us where you are right now? We know you're in the studio, but um, you've been doing some traveling.
6: Yeah, um, we're in Michigan right now. We record, like one of the places we record is in Michigan. Um, and uh, we're writing a new song for um, that'll be put out on Gala. But we do have a new song that is dropping this week on Gala on Thursday called Rise. And it's, a, um, it's kind of like a, a collab with Oniforce. So it's like us, Oni Force, and Gala together for rise. And it's this song is a beast, you guys. <laughs> it's like, I'm not even kidding. We listened to it a bunch like on the drive up here because I flew into Cincinnati where my guitarist is, and then we we drove like up here to Michigan to, to record. Um, so we were listening to rise and it's crazy. The energy of that song is insane. It's so intense. Like I just want to go like punch something, (laughs) but it's really great. It's a, it's like, um, it's, it's pretty much inspired by Oni Force and their community and like all of the, um, lore behind Oni Force. So all the lyrics are pertaining to Oni Force, but there's a, a general theme of like rising up against things that is kind of just universal, I think for everyone. So it's definitely relatable. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty cool.
0: I'm looking for the opportunity to snag that one on gala. Last time I I checked, it seems like your stuff goes pretty quickly, so I've uh, been missing the opportunity. But I did see you also announced your tour dates coming up, and it seemed like you guys have a lot over in the uh, the Midwest, uh, close to the Green Bay area where I actually grew up. Are you guys Midwest based?
6: Um, The band is yeah. The band is actually based out of Cincinnati now. Um, All of our gear and everything like that. My guitarist lives in Cincinnati. Actually, my both of my guitarists live in Cincinnati, and our merch girl live there. So, like, we just, me and the drummer fly in. Um, and, yeah, we do have tour dates all over the Midwest and East Coast um, for about two and a half weeks. We're out on the road with Taproot, which is a band from, like, the 2000s, 2010s. Like, that was pretty big in rock, and um, they're doing a, a comeback tour. So, they asked us to open for them, so we were like, "Sure." I had no idea who these guys were. I literally had to look them up, <laughs> but apparently, they have a couple of songs that people really know and love, and and it's been selling pretty well. Um, you know, a couple hundred uh, people per show on this on this one, and it's uh probably like small theaters, so pretty good. So it should be a lot of fun.
0: Cool stuff. Yeah, I also loved uh, reading your interview. That seems like your NFT connection or collections there uh, double as backstage pass uh, passes there. So that uh, is some really cool functionality there. I'm going to see if I can snag one and get uh, get over the pond to see you guys.
6: Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, they every time if you have an NFT of ours, you can come to a show for um, the meet and greet. Uh, for free, which is like a 75 to $150 value just on its own. So, you know, it gives you intrinsic value with the NFT. So they're definitely worth like picking up one of them. Just so if you ever come to a show, you've got that, you know, you have to pay for the general admission ticket, but the VIP and back.
0: Awesome stuff. Well, I won't uh, I won't fanboy on you too much longer here. I'm sure some of my other editors have some questions. But again, thanks for uh, taking some time out of the recording here. I'm looking forward to the new stuff you're putting out. Also looking forward to the next edition of the graphic novel. Loved, uh, loved Volume 1, as I was saying earlier. Um, now a permanent uh, part of my collection here. So I'm looking forward to the new stuff you're putting out.
6: Yeah, we're really excited about writing the new the new books that are coming out. Like I'm the new storyline is so amazing. Like I I'm so into it. Um and we're looking at different artists right now and things like that to collab with on it and it's very, very exciting. So that should be coming out First quarter, second quarter, next year, um, the first book. So be on the lookout for that as well. And yeah, I hope you can snag one of these Oni Force. Like they're 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 going to be really cool. And you do get a free Oni Force NFT with my NFT. So you get two NFTs for one. So it's it's a really cool little drop. And there's a lot of all access things that go along with it. And um, you know, which is like weird merch and things like that, like bandanas, hats, like. Keychains, like things like that, that you can get if you have one of these NFTs. So there's like a lot of really fun stuff like around this drop. So I can't wait for you guys to check it out.
5: If I could, uh, if I could ask real quick, um, <laughs> Emily, I think it's really funny that you're that you're touring with Taproot. Are they are they aware of the Bitcoin reference to uh, Taproot? <laughs> <laughs>
6: I don't think they are. I don't know if they're into Bitcoin, but I'm definitely going to be talking to them about that. And I'm sure they're going to be like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. But like, but yeah, like when I, um, it's funny because when, when our agent presented it to me, I was like, oh, it's Hadru, like in Bitcoin. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. It was was just so funny. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of cool too. I mean, Hey, it's like a crypto tour. What are
1: you gonna do? <laughs> hey, and for those who haven't read the interview or who don't know this, Emily is a, a crypto Bitcoin OG. She's been in it for a long time, and um, and also I just want to point out that when I when I first brought this cover idea and this pitch idea to um, our crew, the very first thing they were like, "What are you trying to turn the magazine into?" Because Emily, I mean. You're beautiful and the cover is so different from everything that we put on the covers before and then I was like no no no! you gotta read the interview man you gotta check it out this is like so perfect and as soon as they they did they were just like so um everybody was on board um especially ER I'll say and and by the way ER you're you're in Michigan uh there must be like a big uh, heavy metal presence in Michigan I, I would guess
0: <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far I, I kind of feel like I'm an outlier here so. <laughs>
6: There's some metal in Michigan. I mean, my, like my, my producers here, like there's a, there's a, some really cool local bands, but a lot of, um, a lot of the people he works with fly in. Um, he works with like Craig Owens and I mean, he's worked with like, um, uh, Joey Sturgis, who's a big producer in metal. So like Nick, our producer was his like right hand for a number of years. That's how he was basically trained to do what he does. And, um, and then he started kind of going off on his own and and we met him he works with IC Stars and you know a lot of different bands that kind of fly in but there is a there is a metal presence over here in Michigan <laughs> believe it or not
0: yeah, you know, and that's what I grew up in, uh, in the rural part up closer to Wisconsin. I always loved that there was at least one tour stop, at, you know, uh, the bands would go out of their way to hit a, a small little Green Bay, Wisconsin there. And that was uh, my concert experience growing up, you know, in, in early college, taking the hour, hours long drive to get over there. So yeah, you know, the, there, there are some fans, I'm just not, not necessarily a metal haven, I would characterize. <laughs>
6: Yeah, for sure. There's that that venue that's kind of like in a tent or something in Green Bay. We were supposed to play there with Combi Christ, but I got like deathly ill. And so like we had to cancel our set like on the tour. I've never like missed a set on tour. That was like the first and last one I've ever missed. But um, it was it was gnarly. It was during the winter. So it was pretty bad. And I think back then we weren't touring in the vehicle. We're touring now. So it was harder on us. So um, but yeah.
0: Yeah, winter in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. That's uh, <laughs> especially in an outdoor venue. That that would be pretty metal in itself. So. Oh
6: yeah, <laughs> we played we played such weather it, like inclement weather on tour at outdoor venues is like I just laugh at it now, especially when it's really hot. Like we played we played the parking lot of the MGM Casino with Rob Zombie in Vegas one year, and it was probably like 120 degrees on the asphalt. And like, we were baking, like I was up there and I like every like chorus of the song, like I was seeing stars, like those like dots that you get when you like overheat and your body's like, I'm going to shut down. So be, you know, be prepared to fall on the floor. Like I was literally, and the sun would like come and hit us on the stage, but there was like a, overhang. So I, what I, the overhang was, was like giving you a little bit of shade. So I would stand back. I, I started at the front of the stage where it was all sunny. And I, towards the end of the set, I was like back near the drums because it's the only, only part that was like cooler than like you know, ninety-five degrees and I was, you know, in a leather outfit at that time and it was just brutal. I was like, oh my God. I couldn't even move. It was so hot. It was insane. But it's a good show. But yeah, we've done a lot of those inclement weather outdoor things before.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine, especially with you uh, being up in your your persona, you know, in the in the white and the leather. There, like that, that's got to be a different uh, different experience entirely. So you uh, you said you go after a lot of these smaller venues too. Is that kind of the case?
6: Uh it just depends. It depends on the tour. I mean, like with Taproot, it'll be like large clubs, small theaters, um, for. For the different shows, depending on it really kind of depends on the city too, because some cities just don't have the venues, right? But we but uh, we route through them, so our agent books in that in those cities whatever they got. So it's kind of like we just do whatever whatever the booking is. But um, you know, it just kind of depends. Um, but with Taproot, it will probably be like large clubs, you know, small theaters with with them. And then when we do our headline shows. It can be anything from like a, a medium-sized club to a small theater. But yeah, that's usually kind of like what we're looking at.
0: Yeah, that's pretty sweet. And I actually do have some uh, Taproot albums I'm going to have d- to dust off from uh, uh, the early 2000s here. So that uh, this just got me so excited. Now, when, when you bring into more of your, uh, your comic book acting your persona, do you reserve that for your headline shows? Or is that going to be part of this tour as well?
6: No, we have, like, um, you know, in between the, the songs, there's, like, a voiceover and, like, graphic novel animation that happens. So, like, from front to back, like, even the intro is all about the graphic novel and fate and, like, what he's trying to do to September and all this. Like, it's just, it's a story from the jump. So, we try to transport you into the world, even if it's for a half an hour set, like or 45 minutes at like we we try to put you into that world and and make sure that we we do as much of it as we can
0: that's just so awesome and such a different way to do it i mean way to way to distinguish you guys so i'm gonna have to see about uh getting some tickets and if i do i'll definitely swing by and say hi
6: i'd appreciate that that would be so fun to see you yeah and definitely try to grab one of those only four so you can do the meet and greet if we do one on that date that'd be great And talking about
1: costumes, your costumes are so amazing. And that's a great transition for me to uh, say that Quanta had her hand up. Quanta is our fashion editor at VM, and um, I'm sure she has something to say here. Uh, Quanta, the mic's yours.
3: Thank you. Thanks, CD. Hi, Emily. Uh, I'm just so blown by what you wear at your performances. And um, I... Uh, so I was reading the interview and you mentioned that you portray a character who called September who is a human hybrid uh, reaper I'm I'm so curious I mean how do you how do you work your costume out is it something that you design and um, get it uh, uh, it, it tailor-made for you and for the band or is it is it something that you that something that you see outside that inspires you to create that look? How do you so, go about this?
6: Yeah, so the the costuming is I design everything. So I, I'm really hands-on when it comes to the look. Like I I I like doing everything custom. Like I don't want anybody to be able to get it anywhere. Like it needs to be like specific for what we do. Um, and this, this, the September costume, especially when I first started the band, when I was messing around with costuming, I was selling this stuff myself. So I was using like the worst material, like, like just, I mean, it should have just been a burlap sack at that time, but I was just, I was making corsets out of like, like, um, what is that, um, that material it's, it's like, it almost feels like cardboard and I was making these corsets and like these little pantaloons and like, I was just doing it myself. Cause I, you know, didn't have anybody to work with at that time. And then it kind of evolved into leather when I started working with this guy Eric Oswang, who was a kind of like a scene kid who like kind of got into like the goth scene and then started doing the, these crazy designs. And I I did a bunch of photo shoots for him and his line. And then I was like, could you do something? Help me with this costume. So we. That's when the armor side of it. I mean, it always had like an armor side, but that was mostly like when that kind of like came in to it. And that that was all. Because I was looking up like warrior costumes from like, um, you know, the, uh, I don't know, like kind of like Greek and Roman times. So, like, all that sort of look. And then I was looking up um, the Japanese, like, oh, no, it's all yeah, good. <laughs> no, I'll, co- I'll go outside, dude. You, you do your thing. Um, I don't
5: mind the headphones, I actually. See. Oh, really? Is it good? Yeah. Okay, I cool. Never use them
6: those well, are nice. Like, those like, sanitizers are good, though. Yeah, it feels like I'm crawling into it. So. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so sorry, guys. Um, but, but yeah, so, like, we – I was all into, like, those that warrior Valkyrie look. So I, I wanted to do something with that. But in order to do it, we chose leather, which was, like – Um, not the greatest thing to choose because to make it look like the armor, it needed to be kind of stiff. So I would like wear this corset on stage that literally when I would take it off, I had welts all over my back from wearing it for like 45 minutes because it was just not, you know, it was just not conducive to like moving like I move. So that didn't work out very well. And then we went to a softer leather, which was better and that worked out better. And then I changed, I went from Eric to somebody else because they, Eric couldn't really work with that sort of pliable material. So I had to go to somebody else to help me do it. And I changed the look a little bit more. And then I went to Silicone Polymer, which was with Dan Richter's. And Dan Richter's makes all these like high fashion like dresses out of this Silicone Polymer. And I had walked in one of his one- runway shows um, for one year in Los Angeles. So he was like, do you want to like try to do your costume in Silicone Polymer? And I was like, oh my God, it would be a dream because I loved wearing this stuff. It, it was just it feels like a second skin and like you don't notice it. And I wanted like a costume that I wouldn't notice. I wouldn't be like, Oh my gosh, you know, this, I have to move like this because I can't move like that. So, um, so the silicone polymer is, is amazing. It's almost like a latex, like um, a thicker latex on your body. Um, So I use that and, and it's worked out really well, but this is like the 14th version of this costume because we just went through so many different versions since about 2014, when we started like really touring. And it was just like, we had to find the right one. And then the guys costumes were these bigger leather jackets before that I had come up with with Eric and they had these spikes on them. And it was a whole thing. But it was just very hard for them to put the guitars on and like jumping and moving and stuff like that. So um, when I went to the silicone polymer, I kind of like got a lot of inspiration from like star wars lord of the rings things like that like as a sleeker sort of design base and then i kind of did these these weird sort of like almost japanese inspired like uh hooded um reaper jackets um and they can move so well in them and and they look really cool when they jump and spin and and things like that so yeah that's kind of the evolution of the costuming
3: thanks that that is amazing i mean what a what a journey i mean it started with something that you went through hell to get a look so am i correct to understand that a look is really important to your performance and uh, for your songs like as a performer uh, what weightage do you give to fashion
6: yeah i mean i i was really inspired by fashion growing up like i loved like fashion magazines and, you know, fashion shows and Dior and runway. And like, uh, I mean, I just, I went to FIT for like a minute until I got kicked out. But like, (laughs) so I I learned about fashion design and, and all this sort of stuff. Um, So fashion's always been like a huge like thing for me. Um, So when I decided to do September morning and world build, I was like, okay, well, it's got to have its own unique sort of fashion. It's got to look a certain way because i thought the look was very important to the feel of like the music and the and the story and the and the characters and they ha- you know everything kind of like it's world building right you know you you see a movie or you see like a comic book movie especially like you know iron man or whatever like what would iron man be without his suit you know the suit is part of it it's part of like what makes him right so so september she has her suit like it's it's part of what makes her her
3: Thank you so much for sharing this. I've, I'm really taken in with your concept of uh, world building in in your uh, performances and through your writing. Um, it's at the core of every art form. And I'd just like to uh, requote what you said in what you mentioned in your interview, that um, good art always tells a story. So um, thank you for that, because that is so strong that I think Uh, binds the entire art world the storyline is the strongest uh, factor that holds all the different mediums of art so thank you
6: thank you and and as a fashion editor you know like um especially in in high fashion like one of my favorite designers um is john galliano and i love all of his stuff from the 90s on to now um but like um And it's because he tells stories, like all of his runways, they were stories. And it just, it was so important to me growing up, like on, on fashion like that, that I saw all those stories being told. Mugler is another one, like same thing, storytelling, like in fashion. And you, you don't think of that really, like when you think of fashion, you don't think of like storytelling, but like I when I look at a line, that's the first thing I'm like, okay, what's the story being told here? Like, what are they trying to convey to the audience? Like, what emotional component are they trying to give to the audience so that they will be emotionally bound to this clothing? And so that's what I look at. So it's, it's pretty deep with me with fashion, but yeah, I love it.
3: This is amazing. Amazing. I love your point of view.
1: Emily, I know that you said you had limited time, but um, do you have time for a couple more questions from our other editors?
2: Yeah, sure, sure.
1: Rihanna, go ahead.
2: Yes. Hello, Emily. I'm Rihanna Morgan, and I'm so very excited to meet you here today. And I was so intrigued by your interview with CD when you were talking about going to a performing arts school and that you were a ballerina. Um, And I'm a, I'm a, I have a theater background and so I'm always so, um, uh, attracted and, and enthralled by people who also have a theater background because I feel like we can speak a similar language and we have a similar outlook. And, and one of the pieces that you said in your interview was when, you, when people have a theater background, you kind of look at the world a little bit differently. And I just thought, you know, it'd be really wonderful to hear you expound on that and, and broaden that for the audience here, for people who are listening now and in the future, because I just think that it's a beautiful piece. And so please, if you wouldn't mind, speak to that a little bit.
6: Yeah, um, I grew up like um, I started dancing when I was four years old. So um, I used ballet to get away from my home life because it was A shit show at home. So, (laughs) so I needed, I needed something to focus on to keep me sane and, and keep me okay. And ballet again, world building, right? Like, it's like, I built a world in ballet that was like my safe haven. Um, and so that ballet is interesting because it's movement, it's dance, it's storytelling, obviously, but it's also costuming. It's also lighting. It's also, um, like set building. It's also like, Orchestration—it's music. It's—I mean, there's so much within ballet that people don't really realize that goes into like a performance of Swan Lake or Coppelia or you know, you know, Romeo and Juliet, which is one of my favorite ballets ever. Like, it's just there's so much involved. Um, So for me, being so young, being part of that world. Um, it's like my whole outlook on life when I, when I looked at creating or when I just look at life in general, even when I'm just talking to people, I'm just like, what's your story? Like, where, where does your, where do your decisions come from? Where, like, like. I just think it's really interesting. It's, it's almost like psychological in a way, but it's like, I think the most interesting component of humanity is, is this, is the fact that we are all storytellers and, and our stories are created by ourselves. Once we set foot in this world, like that we are beginning our own story. So it's just something that is intuitive to our psychological like being. So I, I don't know. I just think that um, that's kind of like how I look at the world and. And that's kind of
2: how I create. Thank you so much. That's really beautiful. And like most theater kids, their story is very much like yours. They utilize it to escape home. And so, and what I've always said, I was a theater director for years. And what I've always said is you are loved and I love you. So I'm passing that on to you as well. Um, You are loved and I love you. And thank you so much for coming and sharing your story with us today. Thank you. I appreciate you.
1: Okay, and I also want to give indefatigable uh, a chance to come up and say something. He's also a musician, storyteller, artist. Indy, the mic is yours.
4: I am just enthralled with the the passion and the fusion of multidisciplinary creativity from comic books to music to stagecraft and performance art. It's amazing the whole package. I love that you're in the studio working right now. Um, we're so honored just to have you here and. I, the final piece, I'm the tech editor, so I just want to know like what got you into blockchain early, and I know you're running out of time. I just really was curious just for like what was, what drew you to the space yeah
6: it, it was like a fluke, you guys. It wasn't like, oh, you know, it's so cool, crypto so nothing like that. I was literally in a writing session in Vegas with Kane Turko, who's a friend of mine um who his his father's Kevin Turco who did all the five finger death punch stuff and got really famous. He worked under Mutt Lang and stuff like that. So Kane was a friend of mine. So Kane and I used to sit in the studio and write songs together in Vegas. I would just drive out there and do it. So one day I drove out there in 2014 and I had just got signed to Virgin Records. It was like in January. And Kane's like, hey, you know, we're in the studio and we're trying to write a chorus and we're coming up with the stupidest shit. Like it just like it was not working. He's like, we need to take a break. And he's like, that's okay because I need to buy some Bitcoin. And I was like, what's a Bitcoin? Like, that sounds like a made up. Like, what are you what are you? this is made up. And he's like, no, 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 This is like new currency and this and that. It's on the blockchain. And it's like, this is the future, man. And I'm like, all right, like how much weed have you been smoking during this session? And he's like, no, 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 no. You gotta, you gotta check this stuff out. So when I went home from, went to the, um, hotel from the studio that night, um, to, to finish up some of the writing, I was sitting there and I was like, I gotta check out this Bitcoin stuff. And so I looked it up and, I said, and I looked about Satoshi and this and that, the other day. And I was like, this is kind of interesting. And I was like, yeah, I'll just buy a Bitcoin, you know. I think it was like I bought the top in January of 2014. <laughs> I bought right before I think like what was it, Mount Docs or something hit and everything just took a shit. But like, um, so uh, but I bought it at like 700 dollars or something. So I bought a Bitcoin. And I stuck it in a Coinbase wallet, and I sat on it because I didn't know what to do with it. You know, I didn't know what it was. I, I, you know, and I was going on tour, and I just got signed, and I was making an album. I, I, I wasn't into this. I didn't have the time to spend to really deep dive, and it stayed there until the pandemic. <laughs> and when the pandemic rolled around, I had no money because we couldn't tour. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And I was like, oh, yeah, I have that Bitcoin sitting in that wallet. I wonder how much it's worth. And I open it up and I'm like, holy Christ, (laughs) excuse my language, but I was like, what the, why is this worth so much money? I was so confused, you guys. So then, of course, I read the Bitcoin standard and I was in clubhouse rooms and I was with all the Bitcoin maxis. I started Jason Williams and Robert McCormick and like, I mean, all these, all these, all the Bitcoin guys. And I became like a staple in clubhouse Bitcoin maxi rooms because I was like the, punk rock metal chick that was like loving Bitcoin. So, um, and I learned everything I could about it. And that led me into like Ethereum and that led me into NFTs. And then I became the first female rock musician to mint one. And then, you know, I mean, so it was just kind of like, I went down the rabbit hole deep during the pandemic because yeah, the pandemic was horrible and we lost a lot of people and it was a, a, a horrible thing but I'm I'm going to tell you right now I would have never been able to be what I'm doing right now if it wasn't for the pandemic because I wasn't slowing down as a musician and I'm back at my pace now but as a musician like you just don't stop like you people are like oh my god you keep doing stuff and I was like well you can't stop because you have a window and you got to like hit it hard during that window and make as much noise and as much like advance as you can or else, you know, you sometimes you don't you don't get that window back. So like, um, so that's you know, that's kinda like what I had been doing. And then when the pandemic hit, it forced me to stop everything. But being someone that's a workaholic, it was like I was playing like video games like 10, 12 hours a day, like the witcher i was playing that game which i still haven't finished because it's the longest game in the fucking world but like you know and i was playing cyberpunk and i was playing the you know i was playing everything new spider-man i was like all into video games because i had nothing to do so when i found this obsession with bitcoin it was like oh my god like something to actually put my mind wrap my mind around so for me it was it was awesome
4: Yes, 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 yes. That answer was better than any of the guy anticipated. And (laughs) it's so cool.
6: It was just such a fluke. Talk about, like, the universe being like, hey, you got to, like, look into this shit. Like, I mean, it's literally, like, the only reason why I did is because of the pandemic.
4: But it's it's just really cool to have you in the space. Uh, Everybody should check out your stuff on all your platforms who follow Emily, and if you're checking this out, like, it's still early, that's what we always say, that's the constant litany in the space, and you can, you can be a piece of this incredible history, yeah.
6: And, you know, and even though it's still early, we, we have a really strong community here, you guys, don't like, don't fade it, because like, like, this is like, small armies move fucking societies, that's how things start, and that's how they 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 conquer um, the smallest of armies are the ones that are, you have to watch out for because they have the most heart. So just keep on going on.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so hyped like that. that was so beyond any answer that I, I expected as well, especially that last part, Emily, you like you, you made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Uh, there's not many of them there, but You know, um, yes, small armies. Our small army has one more person we haven't heard from, Cryptoversal Books. I want to give you a chance if you have something uh, that you wanted to say or ask Emily uh, before she has to go. Now's your chance, my friend.
5: Thanks, C.D. Emily, I just want to say how blown away I am by anyone uh, who is multi-talented at anything. Just, just just blows me away that, that someone can show a talent in an area and then you look and oh they're also doing this and they're also doing this and they're also doing that um and that also anyone who is embracing technology taking leaps uh looking at at new ways of doing things that have never been done before uh and and you're you've got the the entire um package that that that, that you've that you've been able to put together and and I'm, I just want to just say how how impressed I am and I don't have a specific question but um it do, well, maybe maybe I do. Do you ha- do you find it hard to change gears sometimes between all the things you're doing, uh, or does it does it just flow from it's all it's all from one source?
6: I I think because the the storyline and characters are universal across board. I'm just making things around them, you know. So everything, and for me, I'm somebody that like. I can't sit on a, on a certain thing for too long. Like I have to do music and then I got to do some comic books and then I got to go design something. Like I can't just sit on something for years. Like I, I got to do a lot of different things creatively or I get bored. So, um, that's how I feed myself. That's how I, you know, I don't know. That's how I feel like I, I do my best when I'm, I'm doing it like that, you know? So, um, and, and it's worked out pretty well you know, for the, for the years that we've been doing this. Um, we're not the biggest band on the planet, but, um, we are a very niche market that has a very rabid fan base. And I think that if you know anything about music, like, you know, that those are the bands that outlast the flash and pan bands and things like that. Like the niche market ones, look at ICP, look at any metal band, look at like, you know, I mean, metal bands especially are like niche market with rabid fan bases that grow old with them. You don't see a lot of that in pop or anything like that, but you definitely see it in metal. So it's um it's a very cool um place to be.
5: Totally totally inspirational. I'm I'm going to jump into all your stuff and and check it
1: all out.
6: Thank you. And definitely you guys um we're going to be premiering Rise on gala today, the song. So if you want, if you want a song that's going to kick you in the ass, like um, I'll be posting it on my timeline. Follow along, like set my, uh, click my bell so you get an alert, and uh, play it loud, <laughs> very very loud, and it's going to get you going. So if you uh, if you need a song for your workout or if you're playing Call of Duty, this is the song. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, this is the song. Um. So yeah, I hope you guys love it as much as we did. I'm gonna be posting a behind the scenes sort of like making the song to a little video clip of that as well, so you guys can check out kind of how we do stuff. So,
1: well, I just want to say, Emily, it's been such an honor to get to know you from the time we met uh, at NFT NYC to the interview that we had and our conversation, and then interacting. Um, it's really such an honor, and you really are the full package. Uh, you're the you're the Renaissance woman the renaissance renaissance person in this space who uh i really look up to everything that you've done and i really have a, a lot of admiration for um all of the different areas that you're able to like find focus in and, and find success in and and share with us all so thank you so much for being our cover girl thank you for the interview and thank you also for being here today um this has been an amazing conversation and you don't have to go but i know that your time's limited so if the mic is yours if you want it
6: yeah, I got to jump because I got to get back into this session. We're writing a new song today and I'm really into it. It's going to be heavy as well. And I have a lot of aggression to take out on the mic. So I'm going to get to do that. But, um, but I love you guys. Thank you so much for having me and having me on the cover and celebrating my artistic freedom <laughs> with me. I really appreciate that. And I will definitely be talking to you all very, very soon. Have a great day, everyone.
1: Well you guys, how amazing is that? Like
6: Emily Lazar here
1: hanging out with us, sharing uh bits of her world, letting us ask questions and dig into it deeper. Uh Riona, was that pretty, pretty cool?
2: Oh my goodness. I'm smiling from ear to ear. I'm just grinning. Like I love, I love her strength, I love her inventiveness, I love how she views the world. I love how she talks about her bandmates. I love how I just love, I just love her. So we just have to have her back. And I think maybe we could make it an annual thing or a semi-annual thing or a special issue or something. Vagabond magazine definitely needs to, to keep cheering for her because she is just the epitome. I feel like of what we are all building here in web three. And so, yes, it was fantastic, lovely, lovely. Thank you. Well, uh e r quanta indefatigable
1: cryptoversal any thoughts
0: before we we move on no man i'm uh I'm just coming down on the adrenaline high here I don't remember the last time I was that excited to get up and talk to somebody so um i'm gonna let i'm gonna let y'all take the reins and uh keep us moving forward
3: This was amazing i have not i mean one person who her her thoughts and her belief systems are are like at another level and I'm her biggest fan. I haven't heard her music before, but I am like, I am a fan of hers.
1: Yeah, so I have to say that, um, you know, one of the things that I love the most about Emily is that she has this persona, this image that you see. You know, you look at the cover of the magazine or you look at uh, the photos inside the magazine and if you're human, you probably immediately draw some conclusions and then you dig deeper and you find out just how human she is, just how deep she goes, and just how complex this person is and this personality and everything that she's doing. And, you know, we all love books here. And we all know that the covers of books are really important. But I love the way that that she uses the cover of her book uh, to sort of, like, get you to step inside and find out just how amazing all the contents there are. But I am going to reset the room now. Uh, So, let's move on to what we as editors and readers and writers have all done together. And that's the first thing that you'll find in Vagabond magazine this month, our new issue out now, you can get it. And that is thread the story. So thread the story is something that we do every issue. We run something in the discord that allows readers, writers, editors, everybody to put five words at a time. You have to wait a certain number of people before you can put five more words and the end result is this. So this is, this is our thread, the story. And uh, I asked if anybody wanted to volunteer to read it. I didn't get any volunteers. So I'm just going to read it for you. They all gathered with the faintest glimmer of hope, carrying their stories and wares. friends from different tribes embraced the voices of many spoke and the trees whispered to cast spells upon the gathered. An eerie howl, a timid streak, Then the magic poured forth, dancing flames grew ever higher, found fire in her everything, and even the owls of the ancient forest fled, the swirling inferno of psychic death crying in angst for when they first beheld the eye that foresaw their future sins. While the whales sang their mournful song, yet beyond the sea there are crypto-whales and the future mourners. Something different this way comes brought by pirates of the bountifully alluring Blackbeard's treasure hunt. Then beyond the Kuiper belt, Blackbeard rode a star whale wearing brilliant red Yeezys and an oversized pair of pantaloons. Perseverance, reflection. Ultesco, Queen Anne, teach. Perseverance, reflection. Static, Queen Anne's, teach. The faltering AI's queries continued. Mutterings, the rantings of a 1980s Commodore 64 with cassette driven, loose turning knob, haptic radio fell to static. WTF is this awful mess? Nauseously stammering, the gathering fell silent, and all that remained were silver dreams coated in effervescent dust. Every touch of Gray's got merged with Grateful Dead. They found the will and hope to persist through the darkness for to become truly great one must embrace chaos and merge wills with mother's love. So that was it, you guys. We made that. That was me, E.R. Donaldson, Quanta, Hank Ryder, Riona Morgan, Odd Writings, Om, Arjan, Tupan, all of you guys completely rocked. That was amazing. How'd you guys like it?
2: Amazing, amazing. And I'm so glad you read it. That was so wonderful.
4: So good. So good. Just poetry and action and beautiful
3: this is so wild um you know the wildest part is is that nobody knows how the story is going to turn out who's going to what the next five words will be and the way it just spins it spins out of your hand and it turns out to be something so amazing and so deep it's it's like it's haunting and it's a bit scary also
1: you know, Quanta, this was your idea, and I'm as, like so many of the great things in Vagabond Magazine. This came from you, and um, and from all of you guys, I should say. But you just inspired an idea in me. What if we were to have people record audio, and then we put together the audio of people actually saying their five words? I don't know. That might be a, a recording challenge, but it's it's something interesting to consider. Rather than me reading, then we would have people reading their five words and their voices, but We'll see that that's maybe a little bit much in terms of the engineering. So we've got about 10 minutes left. Uh, We didn't get very far into the magazine this time, but let's see. How should we do this? Let's just go through and everybody talk about one section. You can talk about your own section or a section that you really liked. And we'll start with Riona, then go to ER, uh, then uh, Cryptoversal, Quanta, and Indefatigable.
2: Okay, yes. So I'm going to pick the the shorter article that I did, the Roving with Rihanna double feature, the music edition, and I'm kind of I want to give like a mini summary of the article and then talk about the gentleman who does this song a day. And so when I was looking for what to do for the music edition this time, I really wanted to find someone Um, That just kind of pops into my feed there on X and see if, see what they're doing and see what they're creating. And what this person has created with song a day is he wanted to, he, he was out of work and he wanted to just write a song every day for a month. And that month turned into 15 years. He's been writing a song a day for 15 years and they're able to be minted. Each NFT is a one of one representation of the day's song and grants access to the Song DAO, um, an organization that controls all the rights and revenue to the songs and own a piece of the collection that helps govern the future of music. And so his vision is really to bring to light all of just like in the web two writing world, all of the injustices. And so he he his voice is saying, let's let's make a change let's do something different and he's he's actually being able to um, make his living by writing this song a day and all of the interaction his name is Jonathan Mann and you can catch him um, with the I'll, I'll pin it in the I'll pin it in the nest so that you can you can catch up with him. but anyway it was just really really amazing and I was just it was so profound and so I was just really excited to, to see what he is doing so thank you
4: Noise. Is it my turn? Tech?
2: I'll jump
4: yeah, in. Go ahead. All right. All right. Uh so I got to talk about Sound XYZ, where Emily also has some songs, which is cool. I think uh Uh, There's five releases, so get on there. Also, when you share with sound.xyz, you can get paid for referral links. So if you have a following or you know people who would be interested in the thing, do not hesitate to share those referral links. It's a really cool way of getting rewarded. But the, the little hidden gem is like snuck as a small tiny link in the corner of the article. I like putting little Easter eggs in things. It's not really an Easter egg, but... If you haven't checked out Uh, oolala.xyz, it's so worth the trip because it's like a music aggregator that aggregates across multiple different music minting contracts. It is the highlight of what interoperability on Web3 looks like. When you mint on Manifold or Sound or on any of the numerous platforms, you're not limited now to just one particular marketplace and if that marketplace goes down your contract can still make your stuff available it's so cool and it's it's cool to see song a day is also uh it has its own contract listed in the uh ulala interface which is like really really cool um and you know a year ago when we when we started out with you know, putting, making music NFTs and much like our early literature on chain, um, space, all these standards were just like opening up and it seemed like it was impossible, but we're seeing like the small army happen, So it's like really, really, really cool to see what interoperability can do and how it helps discoverability. All right. That's my little piece. Thank you for checking out the little article. Yay.
1: Hey, I, I saw one Easter egg in years. I saw, uh, you know, easy and crypto in there. Well, that was a, that was a fun one for me. I was like, oh, he stuck easy in there. <laughs>
0: I'll go ahead and jump in and grab my 30 seconds here. So I did do a, a little spoiler-filled review piece on Mortal Kombat One and its story. Check it out, but only check it out after you play the game. I do. Uh, uh, I, I don't really pull any punches when it comes to the, comes to the story and some of my critiques. That said, um, it is still an awesome freaking game. So make sure you play it first uh, before you can go and check out my thoughts on the direction they're heading and um, where I think they should go going forward.
3: Hi. Um, so, for the fashion section in our Music Issue, um, we, uh, I wrote about how, how integrated fashion and music are, and we saw it explicitly clear in, um, in what Emily said. They are both um, story-based and they are both independent of each other. Each one has their own peculiar personality. But then when they collaborate together, it is two strong personalities that are fusing and supporting each other. And um, the outcome is so phenomenal that you cannot separate the fashion from the song performed or from the artist. So um, that is the aspect that I um, have touched on in fashion and music and um, also where fashion and music are in Web3. So the article moves uh, towards Web3 and, um, and fashion and music collaborated in Web3. Um, we also had um, a fashion, um, the refashion cafe section where um, fashion artists uh, chose a song of their, uh, of their liking and they interpreted and created fashion art based on that song. So it was, it's, it's amazing to see that song, the essence of that song, in, in their creations. And um, you should check it out. Um, you know, you will see bits of that song in, in the look that they have created. That's it for me.
1: And that leaves our friend Cryptoverse. So, Anything you'd like to share before we, uh, we close out?
5: Yeah, no. I, w- I just want to direct people's attention to in the magazine um, the words to be poetry, words to be music uh, project from our friend Sophia, who is doing amazing things at the intersection of music, poetry, NFTs um, in English, in French, uh, just just expressing in in every possible way aspects of creativity um, that that are that are just just amazing. Um, so, so that that's, that's was my highlight uh, for the issue.
1: And, you know, uh, it's a good point because uh, Sophia, Words to Be Poetry, she was going to come on today, but uh, she wasn't able to make it, which it turns out is probably good because of the limited time that, um, that she would have had. So I really look forward to having her on. Hopefully we'll get her on uh, maybe in the next, next episode or two. Um, but here's my thing. So last week, we didn't know how to close this thing out. So I sort of thought, you know, ER was like, maybe we need to have a catchphrase. Um, So I thought maybe we could just like figure out like, what catchphrases do you think we should go with? The one that I've been going with is because we're Vagobond, I've just been thinking like, let's go or something like that. How's that for you guys?
0: (laughs) Hey, that works for me. (laughs) All
3: right. Well,
1: (laughs) I, I, uh, okay. So. Every week we come here. We talk to you guys. Wait, please.
3: Um, I just want to say a quick hello to uh, Svetlana, Yakumina and uh, Havoji. I mean, they are from the fashion community, and thank you for um, coming to um, coming to this episode and uh, uh, being here with us today.
1: All right. So, last words here, uh, if. It- you've enjoyed this make sure that you give it a like give it a share you can find it on apple Podcasts. you can find uh this also the web3 writers hour which happens tomorrow at 9 a.m hst just look for it the web3 writers hour we'll be hosting that as well have usually uh, amazing conversations about writing about web3 with the places where they meet Also, this issue, we have barely touched on it. There is so much in this issue of Vagabond Magazine. Go grab a copy today. You will not be sorry. First of all, it's beautiful art, beautiful cover, amazing stories inside, and you will not be sorry that you get it. Uh, So go grab it. You can get it on Kindle. You can get it on OpenSea, Rarible, also Object. And it's about five bucks a copy buy a couple for your friends and, you know some lattes let's go let's go, let's go.